want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. I am the one who knocks. My dark passenger. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. Don't call me Junior. I certainly hope this little incident hasn't put you offline, miss. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hi everyone, welcome back to Talking Geek, the geeky podcast about comics and movies. Hello, welcome. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been a while. We have nice new podcasting chairs. I know, my, my butt is happy. We were sitting on folding chairs before. We this were, is so much better. We were. We had, we've, we've upgraded ever, our chairs. Ever since we um, restarted the podcast last year, yeah, we were just um, just using uh, just folding chairs. And so when we used to podcast, we had... Um, they were at least padded, fo- padded true, folding true, true. chairs, not just metal ones, but still. Well, we used to have we used to have uh, better chairs. And then so like we had like, what, four or five months yeah. or a little bit longer on like just really crappy chairs. So, so I went out. I actually braved the pandemic to go out and I, I went to Walmart. <laughs> it was early on. So it was like before masks were being required. Um, although, was I wearing one then? Actually, I don't think so. So... I went and picked up these these podcasting chairs because we just had enough. We had had enough. Well, my my limit was about an hour of podcasting, and then I would get grumpy, and I had never really figured out why. And I can't one hundred percent blame it on the chair, but it was certainly a factor. <laughs> the The level of of drink I had available, be it water or some kind of carbonated beverage or alcohol that played into it my level of annoyance with you played into it we don't like, have <laughs> any alcohol tonight or, or um we, i i'm not drinking anything no so well, well i'm, I'm drinking on. water but we usually like to have a beer or something with with recording depends but. on what what the topic is and, and whatnot <laughs> i need my wits about me we've got a, a beefy topic today what is the topic we finally got around to watching all but one of the 2019 nominated best pictures some years we watch them all. Most years we see a couple just because we're interested in them. But this year we had started down the road of watching enough of them that we were just like, well, let's just watch them all except Little Women. Yeah. What's, That's the one caveat. And you're right. Like a lot, most years we do see. We see usually three out of the eight. Probably more than that. Well, Five we just, out of the eight, well, ten. I feel know. like we organically see, I don't know, maybe three out of the mm-hmm. list just throughout the year. And then and there's usually uh, one or two that we're then, like, let's watch this. Well, yeah, because, well, at the time of seeing them, a lot of them, you don't know that they're going to be oscar movies or that could be the case and so right. we'll just or that's what i mean or like we'll just go to the yeah, theater we just go see it. and then when they get when when they get nominated they get nominated and then usually we will you know play a um catch up on the ones that we want to see well and, and that was only the case with two of the oscar nominees this year we saw once upon a time in hollywood and joker both of which we've already done podcasts on that's right and yeah you know, at the time i'm doing the podcast episodes on them we didn't know they were going to be nominated for best picture correct which last year um was a year where i looked back at the list and i think i saw maybe one of those and i wasn't that interested last year was i'm i'm probably just missing out on really good movies but they didn't mm-hmm. last year's just didn't speak to me and i don't think they spoke to you either like we didn't no, try to nothing stands out try to go um to to watch them all to watch them so this year yeah we were going to podcast like there was a couple of um movies that we wanted to we're like oh we'll we'll watch this and this and this and then mm-hmm. we'll podcast about those episodes. And then we thought, oh, well, those are, why not, you know, do 
uh, two or three more and then just, you know, pretty much get the Oscar movies out, you know, uh, bang those out. And so... Except neither one of us were interested in Little Women. And we just said, eh, no, thank you. So we passed on that one. So we already talked about Joker. So listeners, you can find those episodes, uh, you know, uh, look back in the feed. You'll find episodes on Joker and uh, directed by... um, just for the purposes of circling back, we saw two of last year's nominated films: oh, did A we? *Star Is Born* and *Black Panther*. Okay, okay, um, yeah, and it's funny because *A Star Was Born* was your idea to watch, and then uh, *Black Panther* is sort of just watching the Marvel movies, and mm-hmm. so there wasn't, um, yeah, last year's movies. Otherwise, just didn't speak it, to there me. was *Green Book*, which I actually did want to see, um, *Black Klansman*, *Bohemian Rhapsody*, *The Favorite*, *Roma*, *A Star Is Born*, and *Vice*. Those were the nominations last year. And then this year, just to go through them, we had Parasite, Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So we're going to be talking about, in this episode, we're going to be talking about all of those movies minus Joker and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Although I figure we'll probably catch them. them. We'll... um, talk about them briefly or i i had planned to talk about them briefly at the end just in terms of you mm-hmm. know the oscar caliber for the for the year i maybe, actually covered them in the beginning maybe which ones were stand out um well i wasn't gonna like, i don't feel the need to like talk about them except for like in relationship to like the others like of like the best pictures here's what i think is the best and mm-hmm. so that's what i was planning on which you know um that that makes more sense to come at the end so why don't you give your thoughts on Joker and What's My Time in Hollywood. Well, we can cover them at the end together. We'll go through okay. the whole gamut. And then we'll well, I wasn't going to cover so, them, though. That's fine. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll do it at the end. So let's start with how about Marriage Story. Sure. Go ahead. So when I think about Oscar-nominated movies, I tend to think about movies that give me, quote, unquote, the feels to copy the, the Katy Perry song. I, Which song? I don't even remember what it's called. It's a, it's a duet. <laughs> I think it's called The Feels. Anyway. What album? It's not on an album. Oh, okay. It's that's why it's a duet. It's featuring Katy Perry. Anyway, um, I I like my Oscar movies, or I find that typically Oscar movies make me have some kind of emotional response, like the script or the cinematography, or there's some aspect, or maybe even multiple aspects that give me some kind of an emotional response. And I really felt that with Marriage Story, it was just so sorrowful, sour, sorrowful. That's a hard word to say. Sorrowful. Yes. <laughs> Um, just watching these two souls, these two people who clearly loved each other at one point in time, but have, have drifted apart. And I, I really enjoyed the raw emotion of the film. I thought Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson were, were superb in, in the movie, um, their relationship. I could really see what they were thinking and feeling. And I mean, there's a scene where Adam Driver just goes crazy with rage and it's at, you know, his current wife who he's trying to divorce and he just doesn't know how to process his feelings and he punches the wall and they both cry and it's just, you know, you can really feel it. I felt like I was there with this couple. And so from that aspect, I liked the film, but it was also very draining. Like the whole experience was draining just because it's, it's, it's kind of one long downhill drawn out process. And thankfully we've never gone through a divorce and I don't see that in our future unless this podcast goes really long and <laughs> um but I, I can't imagine like what what that must feel like so I you know I thought it was well shot um Laura Laura Dern actually won best supporting actress for her role 
I don't know if I think she was the best of the the group of other women who were nominated for Best Supporting Actress, but, you know, congratulations to her. And, uh, yeah, in all, I think it was a, a strong film. I, I am okay with it not being Best Picture, but I enjoy it. I'm happy that I watched it. Mm-hmm. Well, for my, for my notes, I have... I, I have that um, at first I found the movie a little bit hard to, to relate to because I, I don't know why, but they were, it's a, it's a movie about a couple getting divorced, but they're, li- but they're living lives that um, I think the, an average person doesn't live. They're actors in New York city and it's sort of, and then it gets into the Hollywood um, scene and TV scene. And so they were, mm-hmm. there are people and lives that you almost can't relate to at the beginning it's sort of how I've been on a kick on YouTube of just watching um, these mansion these, houses, these mansions, you know, uh, <laughs> real estate agents are doing, um, putting, putting these videos together, just these, you know, 65,000 or a million, $65 million Bel Air mansions. Like I can't even relate to the people who are living in those houses. Right. And so this movie, they are living a life that it's hard to relate to. And, um, but then as the movie went on, they're just it's just a couple and it doesn't matter like what their profession are or what they're mm-hmm. doing and um you can relate to them more i have a interesting perspective because my parents got divorced when i was a kid so i have i was 12 when uh the trouble really started and then it went on for a few years or whatnot but so i have an interesting perspective on divorce well you were the kid that was going between the two different households yeah to some extent yeah um and so it's 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 interesting trying not to take. I didn't find it as draining. I found it more just in, in, in intellectually interesting. I think from just watching this couple, this 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 couple's marriage go downhill, and seeing the just seeing the the grown up side of it side of it mm-hmm. quote, quote unquote because I was a kid during my parents' divorce and yeah. so well and at times they weren't really grown ups either. I mean sometimes their behavior was just plain childlike in the way that they spoke to each other or in the way that things started with them at the the marriage counseling where they actually had a chance to try and reconcile and they didn't and mm-hmm. You know, there there could have been a path out of this that well, led that, to them both still being together. Possibly. That was pretty. That was when the movie opened. Yes, uh, pretty much, and so that was where I was still trying to get my bearings on who are these characters, mm-hmm. and and I was like, where's, where's the marriage? But it, it wasn't a marriage. Well, story, I know? actually came in. I don't know where I had heard it, so I knew it was about a divorce. Yeah, I didn't. Um, and not and not about. I I knew it was about the end of a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so my. One of the things that I have um, here in my notes is that I, I wrote, I'm sure it's an unconscious bias, but I cited a lot more with Adam Driver's character. It seemed like he was trying to, it seems like Scarlett Johansson was trying to be unreasonable in a lot of aspects. But I think, I, I don't know if it was deliberate because I think it has to do with, if you take the what happens in the movie that we saw, Mm-hmm. Adam Driver's character is the more sympathetic character. I, I think. disagree. I think the well, hold, hold I think on, Scarlett Johansson. Let me let me finish my thought though. But I think that um, Adam Driver's character gets upset, and he has to deal with everything that happens in the movie that we see. Mm-hmm. For him, when the movie starts, I mean, they are going to marriage counseling, but for him, everything is mostly okay when the movie starts. I mean, they're having marriage troubles, but yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson's problems, all everything that I think would have tied me to her and made me more sympathetic and empathetic towards her character happened before the cameras even started rolling. Like it's before the movie started. It's it's his actions because we find out through the course of the movie that he cheated and we find out these things. But like, yeah. I was already like sort of on his page from the beginning, which it 
maybe on a second viewing, I would be more on Scarlett Johansson's side. Or I, I, I felt like in the movie, the way it was given the the content of the movie itself, that it was much easier to side with him. But I have to recognize that it's not taking into account mm-hmm. all the stuff that made Scarlett Johansson be who she is at the beginning of the movie. It, it's hard to side with either character because they both have flaws and they both have feelings. And I, I think that's part of the, the, the point of the movie, really, is... Mm-hmm is everyone wants to be heard and to be loved and to be seen. And in that case, she didn't feel like she was being seen, which we didn't find out until much exactly. later that's, on. That's, we found that's that out sort of later. What I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. We yeah. found that out later. But then once you do, it's hard to not count her side of the story as well. well. And then, and then as an audience, you're kind of torn. Like what, who, who do I side with? Do you side with the child and whatever mm-hmm. you think is going to be best for the, the child? And, and you know, the, I, you know, you have like 30, 40 minutes or, or I had that, like, you know, just following the story as it's being presented. And it's like, well, she's not being reasonable here and here. And then you find out, okay, well, here's why, but you've already spent 30, 40 minutes invested or like yeah. becoming. So I, so long he, he ended short. up frustrating me. Cause I was like, just move, just move to freaking LA and be a grown up and deal with it. And it's, he did. It's but interesting it's... because I didn't think that he should have moved. So my other thoughts are, is I have, I, I just have a quick one. I, I thought um, it's interesting because I didn't go back when, and, and look at the other um, Oscar categories mm-hmm. for this episode, which just uh, best picture. So I had forgotten because um, I always look over and think about the Oscar nominations and things when they come out. And I yep. read the winners after the, we never watched the show, but I read the winners. So I didn't, I had forgotten that Laura Dern won supporting actress. Right. And I, I don't think she probably, I don't think she deserves it. But my, my one note about her is she was pretty damn hot. In the yes, movie. she was. I mo- <laughs> I made that note too. And I thought maybe she had it coming. It was her time. Because Laura Dern's been in the movie theater, in the movie industry for a very long time. True, and but, she's still hot. But and what? She was even hot in Star Wars, even with the purple hair. Oh, but. I just, oh, I actually disagree. But w- I don't know if, well, first of all, I don't agree with the, like, uh, well, um, maybe they don't win on this performance, but, like, we're taking into account, uh, account oh, like. no, I, I completely agree with you. It should be in merits of the movie at that time and nothing else taken into account. I just don't think Hollywood votes oh, that way. I agree and with you. Scar- so Scarlett Johansson was also nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Jojo Rabbit, which we'll talk about later. I think Scarlett's the one who should have won, not Laura Dern. But mm-hmm. that's me personally, so. And then was Scarlett Johansson um, nominated for Best Actress for this movie? She was up for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Correct. And she won neither. Who won Best Actress? Um, oh, I, you were mentioning it was from Bombshell, which we have not watched yet, right? I was think, it, was it Shalise Theron? I don't have that page pulled up on my tablet, but I'll pull it up while we're talking just so that we can clarify that, too. So so I'll keep going on a couple of my notes here. Is that, um, the You already mentioned this, but the major blow-up in Adam Driver's apartment was brutal. And um, you mentioned Adam Driver's um, breakdown in that scene, but they they both sort of took they it. Did, they yeah. really um, brought it in that scene, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, and that scene was a brutal scene to watch. The emotion mm-hmm. in that scene was was really really heightened. And then I was talking about I was I related more with Adam Driver's character, but to be honest, I actually didn't find because you and I have we haven't gone through this and I went through it as, from the perspective of a child as a I actually didn't find the movie either character like I, I didn't find the movie all that relatable that's why like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier um you know look in your face like really but where I actually wasn't like I didn't get super emotionally invested in either side of the story it was more 
just watching a story, but like not feeling too empathetic for either side. Oh, I agree. It was I wasn't overly empathetic on either side, but I recognized that the performances were so emotional. So I was invested from that perspective, but I wasn't like really rooting for one or rooting for the other. I think I, I leaned more towards the, the mother side of the story, but it, that wasn't until later on towards the end of the movie. Circling back, um, the Best Actress um, award went to Renee Zellweger for her performance as Judy in a movie about Judy Garland. Oh, okay. I had no interest in, in seeing that movie. Um Actually, and and Charlize Theron was also nominated for Bombshell. That's what we were mentioning, which she didn't win. So I only have a couple more notes on this that I thought it was um, in. Um, it was interesting to see the lawyers trying to win it to win. Um, yeah. because they they're not things totally they're not necessarily trying to do things in their client's best interest. It's mm-hmm. it's theirs, and I think that that's. It, it, it was just fascinating to see to, to, mm-hmm. to see that and um it blew things up it escalated things really quickly it did it did and and you can see that these lawyers aren't like they're they're trying to win for their client but they're trying to you know do their best and win for themselves mm-hmm. basically um what's his uh shoot um from goodfellas alan alda no, no. Oh, yeah um, ray liotta ray liotta was uh was uh awesome i don't I feel like he should have won, um, been nominated for if if Laura Dern was nominated for best supporting and won. I feel like um, Ray Ray Liotta should have been nominated for best supporting. Too much uh, competition in the field because they only nominate five, and two of those supporting actors were from Irishmen. Oh, okay. So the only, only other thing I wanted to mention about this movie was it's, it's interesting. We're really getting into a time of. Um, the 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 theatrical experience becoming less important in terms of what the academy and, and people think think of when they think of best picture the because this was a, this movie was released to Netflix yeah. and we actually put it on our projector and watched it on the big screen well true but all of these movies we've we, we like watched them after the fact and rented but some you yeah, know most didn't come most the actually theater. went to the theater Did, marriage story didn't even go to the i think it might have been released in a limited release to get to be part of the contention because i think there might be some some um some rules there by netflix by the academy that you had to have been in, in at least a limited release i think but in in general this was a netflix movie and it's just interesting um the other and then uh parasite which we'll talk about in a minute that movie was released theatrically but now it's streaming on hulu you don't even have to rent it or anything it's mm-hmm. just streaming for free and so it's just interesting the and i I, th- I think a couple of the movies last year i think roma was a netflix movie it's just interesting um netflix movies and i'm not saying it's a bad one thing. of the four um animated features nominated for best animated film is also a netflix film what was nominated for best animated film uh, there were four toy story four was one of them um the the one that was about the like bigfoot was one oh, of them okay i forgot link i believe that one's called and then this this one from the one from from netflix as well so it's hard to navigate the the oscar page here there's a lot on here oh, okay so let's just keep talking so what's the next movie so i have that's all that i have for marriage story that's all i've got too so moving on to irishman you want to give some thoughts about irishman Oh, I, I didn't mention Irishman is also an Netflix movie. That, yes. So yep. that's the other movie. So the the released um, the um, Marriage Story and Irishman are the two Netflix movies, and it's just interesting that the 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 paradigm is definitely shifting in terms of um, in terms of 
de-emphasizing the theatrical experience and that's that's couldn't be more true now with with everything going on with coronavirus that like this summer is decimate like the rest of this year is like uh there's nothing going on with the movies i think christopher nolan's um tenant is the only like big movie that i've been reading like amc is not even gonna even if even if states and even if states say that they can open up movie theaters mm-hmm. earlier amc said we're not gonna open up until july yeah what's the point um, there's nothing to show mulan is still also supposed to come out in july so they said until mulan and tenet open they're not even gonna um, yeah. open even if all the governors said you know you could you open, open tomorrow why put their people at risk why spend the money well everything's so. been pushed too like there's nothing yeah there's, there's nothing, there's to, nothing show. to show makes sense so best animated feature film the nominees were How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. So is that the this year? Yeah, this year. I Lost My Body. That's the Netflix one. It's about a severed hand who's like finding its way back to its body. Klaus or Claus. Missing Link. Oh, we watched. And Toy Story uh, 4. We watched um, Claus with the, with the kids. That's, mm-hmm. That was also a Netflix movie. So Correct. It just, so that's it's, two, actually, not just the one. That's two. Yeah, I forgot about Klaus. The, so... It, the it, Netflix is doing well. It's well, just fun. streaming services in general are True. um are becoming just. I mean, they've they've been legitimate for a long time, but even um in terms of awards and things, and going straight to these platforms doesn't isn't um getting you blocked from from right. uh, a, a, a awards contention. So why don't you go ahead and Irishman? I enjoy a good movie about mobsters i really love the godfather movies i love goodfellas i I like that theme so i went into the irishman wanting to like this movie just based on reading the synopsis that's on netflix but the movie is long and it's slow and although there's some strong performances especially by robert de niro i found myself meh on the movie as a whole like i i didn't know that it was about um jimmy hoffa and so once once the jimmy hoffa plot started to roll along with a little bit more momentum that pulled me into the movie more but the beginning of it with robert de niro's character just starting to get involved with with the mob i felt just moved so slow and it, it felt to me like the pacing of this movie was just off like it was just slower than it should be for the amount of plot that was happening over the time frame that it was happening in and i have to say in the beginning when they first um de-aged uh, de niro and pesci i had a hard time with it for probably the first half an hour 45 minutes i felt like i was in the uncanny valley where the coloring felt off or just the the motion in their faces something wasn't right to me and i i had a hard time adjusting to it i did eventually but it it was tough for me at first, and I was like, is it supposed to look like this? Something looks weird. Like, I, I just had a hard time adjusting. So, all in all, um, I picked up in the end. I preferred the third act to the first two, but, I mean, it's a three-hour-long movie, so that's... I think it's like three hours and yeah, 20. Yeah, it is. It's it long. is. And and I, I feel like they could have given... Hoffa's like gotten Hoffa's story out there and paced it a little faster and I wonder like was it that long because it's Netflix and it could be that long and it was trying to be like a Godfather which is you know Godfather does have more of a slow plot but it's it's the plot of the Godfather is slow but it's cunning and it's creative and you know they're they're plotting and it's slow because all these different plots are happening but the Irishman 
there's they're not setting up a bunch of dominoes to just have them all fall until towards the end when Hoff was actually like mm-hmm. out. And even then, there was not that many dominoes that needed to fall to do that. So I just, um, it wasn't as interesting as I'd liked it to be, and I, it it fell flat for me. Oh yeah, yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. The um, the movie was so I'll start off by saying a good thing. I thought the movie looked gorgeous. The cinematography was awesome. We watched it on. Um, not in the projector, but the 4K TV and the mm-hmm. HDR was uh, really, really um, good. Like I, the movie looked, I thought, just from a cinematography and colors standpoint, and, um, was and I, I don't know who Martin Scorsese's uh, director of photography is, but the movie looked really good. But mm-hmm. that's that's about the best thing I can say about the movie. I w- was not that crazy about it at all. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa. I didn't know Al Pacino was in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. But I don't care about Jimmy Hoffa. I wish the Jimmy Hoffa story... I, I wish it just would have gone somewhere completely different with this story. I don't know. I'm not a screenwriter, so I don't know where they would have gone. But I wish the story didn't involve Jimmy Hoffa at all. Um, it wasn't about him. I wish it was sort of just Goodfellas 2.0. I mean, it's Martin Scorsese just, um, yeah. just aging, like starting off with... Robert De Niro's character, and it could be a fictionalized character. Like, the the character that he portrays in the movie sort of intertwines his life with Jimmy Hoffa's, but that doesn't mean that it needed to in the movie, or it could have just been about a film about somebody rising up through the ranks Mm -hmm. of of the mob. I I feel like it almost suffers from some of the same problems with adding in real life to to fiction and a similar way to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, although Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did it much better, but it was also a much smaller portion of the film. Well, I think, I don't know how much to blame the movie, or how, I do think the story could have been more interesting, but I don't care about Jimmy Hoffa. Like, there's, Mm -hmm. I would never pick up a book about Jimmy Hoffa. I would never watch a TV, I I think the closest I've gotten is watching the Mythbusters try to find Jimmy Hoffa in a football field. I don't (laughs) care about unions. But I think they could have still made the story captivating in a way that some of these other filmmakers have well that's true i mean you because can make... i don't give a lick about car racing but i enjoyed four of your four, four v ferrari well, i don't well, know much about <laughs> 1917 but that story you know but, about I mean, World well War that's I, true because you know you can tell a compelling take... story about a subject matter that that's, that's maybe less compelling true because the first thing that pops to my mind uh um, without even barely thinking about it is darren darren Ar- aronofsky making um ballet and black swan uh and mm-hmm. interesting but so i so i guess you're right you just, okay so i'm not interested in the subject matter um i do really like mafia movies like we both of us really like the godfather movies as you already mentioned and goodfellas and this is scorsese going back to um him, him and de niro teaming up again um, it's been a while. Um, and I think Robert De Niro's performance in this was excellent. I think he was just, yeah, I the thought movie it was, itself was just too slow It was for pretty me. good. It was good to see Robert De Niro in something that wasn't, now I don't follow every single movie he puts out, but a lot of the, like the last decade or ever since the last, like maybe 15 years or so, he does a lot of comedies. Um, I feel like and not as many, not as many yeah. uh, dramatic roles. He does. But yeah, the, and I agree with you that the CGI faces, and you said for the first, like, you know, 30 minutes or so. 30, 45 I, minutes. I feel like it, it, it took was a while. the whole movie. I don't feel like, I don't think the faces ever really worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I adjusted because towards the second half of the movie, it was more in the present day anyway. Because I, I felt like eventually it just didn't bother me as much, but it might be mm-hmm. just because it transitioned from being less in the past to more in the present. And that be, might be why I was more okay with it. That, that could be. And so I don't have much more to say about it. I just was 
disappointed because um, Scorsese is an, uh, one of the best filmmakers that there is, and this movie just fell flat. Yep, it's it's a good, really good movie from a technical standpoint. In terms, of, it looked good. Mm-hmm. I think if you are a Jimmy Hoffa fan, you would probably like, or like not Jimmy Hoffa fan, but like you like the Jimmy Hoffa subject matter, and you're curious about what you know the mystery behind what happened right. and things maybe this movie would have more for you but it just doesn't but, and that's the thing it's not really all about jimmy hoffa though it's about see, this the irishman see it's, i was surprised jimmy hoffa is not the irishman i kept robert wondering. de niro is the irishman see, i that's what i wish the movie was like i like once al pacino was introduced i was like oh i thought oh al pacino is gonna play just like kind of a bit part jimmy hoffa is this mob mm-hmm. person who i personally don't know much about but he's i know he's had mob ties or whatever with yeah. unions. And so I was like, oh, he's, he's going to come in for a bit part. And then the movie, like, once Al Pacino got to the movie, the yeah. movie became about him in, I thought. Yeah. And that's part of the problem because it and had started off about the Irishman. So it's about, it's about, um, probably, uh, you know, halfway in and not that I was in super enjoying that first half anyways. Right. Um, you mentioned that you thought, was it this movie or was it a uh, marriage story or that you said that you enjoyed the second half better? Was it, this uh, one, I enjoyed. Okay. See, I well, I, not, I thought I got not that I enjoyed it, but well, if but I had to pick, I thought pick. the third act was more enjoyable because at least at that point they're like taking care of Hoffa and all that. Because sure. I, I, you yeah. know, Hoffa disappears. I didn't in real life. Hoffa disappears, so I was well, assuming I guess that that's it would... true. The only thing I know about him is people don't know where his body is. Um, that's literally the, like, that was li- yeah. pretty much the only thing I knew about him, but I didn't so, know. So at that point I was like, they, they've got to kill him at some point. Like it's got to be happening. See, so then I was just anticipating when and how that would happen. I didn't know that because I didn't know how old Hoffa was when he died. So I didn't know if this movie was like following the part of Hoffa's life of, yeah. of when he died. I mean, the movie does go forward in time and things. So I didn't know where it was going with the Hoffa stuff. I, I just wanted it to stop. Yeah, well, it did. <laughs> All right, so what do you um, have on Ford v. Ferrari? So Ford Ford v. Ferrari was one of the ones that we watched because we were like, well, we're watching all the rest. Let's watch that one too. And I'm glad I did because I really, I enjoyed my time with Ford v. Ferrari and I'm not one to like car racing, but to me, this was more of the story. Hey, you like all the Fast and Furious. Well, most of the I Fast do, and Furious movies. But this <laughs> is this this is like NASCAR type car racing. This is racing laps. And, and to me, that's could be very boring. I mean, if you've mm-hmm. ever turned on a NASCAR race, and no offense to all of you NASCAR fans out there, it's just not for me. I, I haven't really um, clicked with the sport. But I think that the cinematography in this and the way that they show the driving and the way that they cut, anyone can watch this movie and understand enough of the mechanics of racing to know, like, He's got a jockey to to get in front or to, to kind of understand what's going on with the racing while also following, following the story. And I really liked Christian Bale in this, even though his character, the character he's playing was kind of an ass. I liked that. Like, I, I liked his portrayal. I liked Matt Damon in this movie. I liked the setting. I liked the atmosphere. Um, and then having lived in the Detroit area and grown up in the Detroit area, many of the names that were characters on the Ford side, I had heard before. You know, I knew of Illich. I knew I knew of these people, even though I didn't know the, the those aspects of the story. I at least knew, you know, it's familiar names and face not faces, but you know, familiar names. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of liked that aspect too. But the one thing that that rubbed me the wrong way is the the name of the movie being Ford v Ferrari. It feels like a cash grab to me. Put in two two names of cars in the hopes that people will come and watch this movie because it's not about. Ford v. 
beating out Ferrari. Like that's that's the underlying motivation for Ford wanting to to work harder in these races. Mm-hmm. But really, this this is all about Ken Miles. It's it's a point in time in his life, and actually leading up to his death. Spoilers. And it's it's the story of him and him. It always revolves around him being the driver and him doing this and him doing that and his relationship with Matt Damon. And I think that title was just a Hollywood title, and so that's disappointing. But I I, I think um, in general it's a it's an enjoyable movie. I, I liked it. I don't think it's best picture, but it didn't win best picture. But I I um I wish that Matt Damon or Christian Bale had been recognized for their roles. Neither one of them was nominated, and I think that that was a miss, at least for Christian Bale, because I think he was he performed really well. And in general, I, I enjoyed this movie much more than Marriage Story and than um, The Irishman. I thought it was there's just more fun, more fun to it. I en- I enjoyed the movie as of writing these notes because I, I wrote my notes in order of watching the movie. So this is the third movie that um, that we had watched. And at the time I wrote these notes, I wrote it. Um, it was the it was the best of the three Oscar movies um, from so this, far from this yeah. list. I didn't. It's interesting hearing your thoughts about the name of the movie because it didn't occur to me at all. I, the only th- I have a note here saying like, oh, it's a you know the the V like Batman v Superman. I, I don't really like the just the just call it versus. I guess like I don't really like the, yeah. the V and the Batman v Superman or yep. and, and full transparency. I hate the name Batman versus Superman too. It feels the well, same it, way. It's not versus. It's V Batman well, v Superman. Yeah, it's and dumb. People, I don't like that title the either. Thing, a lot of the talk, at least from um, su- Superman. I'm really keyed into the Superman world. Um, when the Super Batman v Superman name came, was released, was that but before people even knew, knew what the story was, it was what was that it was um, when you use the V, it's often used in uh, court proceedings. Mm-hmm. That is how it's used in court proceedings. And so it's just interesting that um, it didn't apply. It didn't really apply to the to the Batman v Superman. I don't think it applies that much to to the movie. Although I don't really have a problem. I actually think it describes the movie fairly well because the movie, the basis of the movie is, um, it, at least, at least I, it didn't occur. I didn't think that the movie wasn't about F- Ford trying to like beat Ferrari. It well, is about, and, and, and the mechanism which through that, the, the story trying to be told is through, through, um, um, Christian Bale's character yeah, and I mean, Matt Damon's character. Essentially, he's the reason that they're able to beat Ferrari. And so I actually didn't... I think that Matt Damon is... It's probably like a 60-40 in terms of like this um, importance. And so I don't think it's like the Ken Miles story necessarily. Or, or at least I didn't read it that way. So mm-hmm. so I didn't have an issue with the uh Well, the story. only the only home life that we see is Ken Miles's. That's we don't see where Matt Damon's from. We don't see, we don't see any of that, but we, we see it... That's true. We see I, I did. I did note while we were watching it that I. I, I don't know. Um, it, it looks to me like Matt Damon's uh, bulked up. He was looking. He was looking in good shape. It looks like he put on a little bit of muscle. Like he was. He was. Uh, I didn't mind it. <laughs> he usually I think of like <laughs> Matt Damon as like skinny, a skinny guy, but. Um, He's always been stocky. I no, mean, if you think about him in Born. If you think about him in Goodwill Hunting, he is. Oh, that was a long time ago. I mean, think about him in Born. Talented Mr. Ripley. And things I don't know. I guess born. I think of him as. I, all I'm saying is it felt like he had put on uh, some muscle, bulked up a little bit. Um, so I didn't know anything about this story, and I'm not a car guy. Um, unlike you, I grew up in Michigan, but I didn't. I didn't grow up around Detroit, so none of the none of the Detroit stuff was familiar to me either. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
again, I wrote um, in my notes, uh, similar to Irishman, gorgeous cinematography. We also yeah. watched this. It on, won best editing, by the way. Okay. Um, we we watched it 4K uh, HDR, and it looks great. And I'm the more we watch. Um, um, 4k content and h and, and content with hdr i can see when it like is is really makes the movie pop and when it and when um it doesn't matter all that much um it's funny my note is i i wanted to talk about the the um, christian bale's wife seemed like she flipped because at first she was saying that she was all for um you know don't give up your dream like be a racer and then mm-hmm. there was that one scene when they were driving on the road and she, and he was telling her that he was going to work work with Ford mm-hmm. and then she sort of like flipped out and was driving the car super fast that scene didn't really make sense she was to me. doing that because she thought he was lying to her she thought he was cheating on him on her but and then he came out with it and then she was okay like i, I think you might have misinterpreted so. no, the scene we, or we, i interpreted we, it differently we talked about it at the time and you were like what's she doing well she's going crazy and but it was all like before he admitted like what he was doing, and she's like, "Why didn't you just tell me from the beginning?" No, I, well, it was a weird scene. Maybe though. I mean it's been a couple of weeks, but I thought you were confused about it as about her characterization as well. Um, and then, oh, it's funny in my notes. So, is second ago I was talking off the cuff in my notes. I wrote, um, "It only follows Bale." Oh, I wrote that it only followed Bale. I mean, Matt Damon's it followed Matt Damon too, but it only follows Bale. But the the race is. Yeah, there's, there's, there's four like, drivers. There's like four drivers. I'm like, what makes Christian Bale's character in real life? Because this is supposed to be, you know, um, uh, um, a based fiction, on a true story. Based on a true story. What made um, Ken Miles the person to follow? Like, did the other three drivers, they contributed to that win just as much? Like, I feel like the story could have, I mean, maybe not, but I feel like the they could have wrote the story around any of the other um, drivers mm-hmm. or all four of them. Like, I don't know what, well, he has the tragic ending. That's part of it. I don't. Yeah. I, and, I was... and Ford didn't want him to be on the racing team. So that makes for a more interesting story. If you're one of the other guys, that's just like, yeah, he's a great driver. He's on the team. That, that's not an interesting movie. Cause the movie just makes it seem, but he's the black sheep, right? So, well, I'm not sure. Well, I, are the other drivers black sheep as well? Or they are no, like, they... in their good graces. No, they were in the good graces. He was, he was the only one that, that they had to fight. That about. I wasn't sure. Cause on. they, they like the whole time they were like, we need drivers who fall in line. These are the guys who fall in line. And he was the only one who wasn't falling in line. As portrayed in the movie. But during the whole last, um, the climax of the movie during the Le Mans race or mm-hmm. whatever it's called, I was enjoying, but I kept thinking like, okay, he's not racing right now, but so the, yeah, like the other drivers, but these, he also got like such a big fo- lead. That... These people aren't being followed. I was just like, why are we like, what is special about this Ken Miles character? Yeah. I guess I needed the movie to tell me these other drivers aren't interesting. And so don't even like get that thought out of your head. Like you're following, like the movie should have done a better job of making me realize you're following the person that we should follow. The other people aren't interesting for whatever reason. See, I, I thought it did. I thought it covered that like on a, on a few occasions when he was kicked out of the race or just, just by his own um, quirky nature. I assumed that he was just different from all the rest. Because they weren't talking about the other ones being kicked off, too. He was the only one that they had to fight for. That, I mean, he was kind of an asshole in the movie. I don't want to say that about the real guy, but, you know, mm-hmm. so, socially speaking, he uh, he was quirky. But I, so I wrote, um, or actually, I, I didn't write this in my notes, but um, that this, this, this movie was good, but I did not think it was, it was just a, 
It was fine. It was a fine movie. It wasn't I didn't a best think picture it was movie. A yeah. Best picture movie. I don't. It's so, but I guess that goes to show that like we weren't super impressed with Marriage Story or Irishman because we thought this was better than both of them. And I thought it was more enjoyable from a, from sto- a movie standpoint. From yeah. from from a um, story standpoint, I don't think this was this movie was yeah. best picture well, uh, worthy at all. And I, I have this for kind of at the end, but since you're touching on it. Oscars, they used to only nominate five best pictures. And then they said, we're going to open up the field so we can nominate up to 10 in total, but we may not nominate that many. I believe they they nominated eight or nine this year. And I would have been fine with five. I think they could have streamlined things and kept it at five and have had really solid movies in that grouping i think i agree with that i'd have to I'm so gonna I, wait I, the... I feel like there's some throwaways that i'm like eh, i know that's not gonna win well i actually i don't think so i mean i personally think so but the movie that i mean spoilers uh parasite won and i don't think like th- that probably yeah that, might that's not have surprising made it, it might not have made it into the grouping if it had only been five yeah i know um that's... so do you want to move on to uh uh, I have Jojo Rabbit on my list next. Yep, me too. All right, so what So, what are your thoughts on Jojo Rabbit? I really like this movie a lot. I was excited to watch it going into it because I like World War II movies. I had seen the trailer for this, and the trailer really intrigued me. Um, I haven't seen a quirky World War II movie like this, especially where the, the lead character is a child. So... Um, it just looked like it was going to be interesting and fun, and it reminded me a little bit of Inglorious Bastards, which I really enjoy. And so I was I was excited to go into it, and I I liked the film a lot. I think it's a it's a heavy subject matter to talk about people in hiding and to talk about World War II, and I think the the film does an excellent job of um, having some comedy and some levity, but then. It, just in the farcical nature and of some of the characters, but then the story itself, it still is respectful to what happened during World War II, and there's still emotion there, and there's still um, some pretty raw things that happen, and I like that because so I think that makes it very well balanced. You've got this this crazy Hitler character that comes in in the background, that's you know like the the imagination of of the lead character, and and that brings some some comedy and just some over the top to it but that that lightens the overall tone so it's not like you're watching schindler's list you know it's not mm-hmm. like the true to reality i really really like that um i liked uh roman griffith davis he was the the boy i thought he had a strong performance i liked watching his relationship form with with elsa the, the girl staying in their house and how that changed and grew because initially she was basically an enemy she was you know, he, he thought that she was the scum of the earth because that's what he was taught. And then, mm-hmm. you know, his perspective changed. And I liked watching that. I really liked Scarlett Johansson's character in this. I was happy that she was nominated for, for that particular role. Um, and I was I was sad when, when, you know, her character met her end. But I also see that that was a, kind of a plot point, too, in helping Jojo to grow up. Mm-hmm. I think he would have grown up anyway even if his mom hadn't passed, but it had to happen much, much faster. And his relationship with Elsa had to deepen that much quicker because at that point, neither one of them had anyone. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that sped the story along a little bit. And and finally, I, I really like the way that this movie ended because 
despite all of the terrible, crappy, horrible things that happened to Jojo and his life and and the things that happened to Elsa and, and all of this adversity and the war that's happening literally around them and the war that's happening to his, like, seeing his friend as a soldier who's, like, 10, um, it ends in a positive note. It ends with Jojo and Elsa dancing, and it's it has this, like, I'm going to pick myself back up again feel about it and this positivity um that i just none of these other movies in the oscar realm had that kind of positivity at the end none of them did and this one is unique in that perspective and i really like that perspective and and that breath of fresh air so it's um the more i talk about it i think this is probably is i really liked parasite we'll talk about that but um this one to me like definitely deserves to be in the running for best picture if not best picture but you brought up um, you you bring up a lot of really good points. I hadn't um, thought um, ab- ab- about Jojo Rabbit in context with, with the other movies, and that this it has it's more positive, and that's true, and that's a um, a really good really good um, uh, thought that and and uh, um, analysis that you made me realize that I hadn't really thought about, mm-hmm. um, and it just left me in such a better emotional state than the others. And that's fine. I mean, movies can mm-hmm. make you, like I said in the beginning, movies should make you feel and make you feel something. Um, this one happened to make me feel positive. Like the the world will keep on and things will get better. And I liked that. Well, this is one of the movies that I wasn't really keen on seeing. And but when we were going to watch other Oscar movies uh, for this episode, you you mentioned that you wanted to watch Jojo Rabbit, which is surprising because I didn't know that you wanted to watch it. I didn't wasn't. Um, I didn't. It, it was a movie. I thought we had watched the trailer. It didn't look good to me. I'm not. World War II movies do not pull me in. I there are some that I like, but in general, when I hear about a, a movies about World War II or about World War One, even so, we'll get to 1917 in a minute. But when I hear, I don't care about those wars from the, in terms of um, wanting to revisit. I mean, they're they're interesting from a history perspective, but I don't want to revisit them in narratives all that often, and they're. We, there's lots of World War II movies, and mm-hmm. you get them all the time. And so I usually um, am not crazy about that, but I'm super glad you wanted to watch it because it was ended up being really good. It was an excellent movie. I think it. Um, what's funny is it kind of reminds me. It's a little bit more serious than this, but um, well, actually a lot more serious. But it kind of reminds me of tackling black, um, like like it's a black comedy. I, I would categorize this movie as a black comedy, and it really sort of reminds me in thematic ways of Dr. Strangelove, um, and that movie is even more of a, mm-hmm. um, even more uh, farcical, but I, this movie was excellent, and um, Taika Waititi directed it, who did um, my favorite Thor movie, so Thor, um, shoot. Ragnarok. Yeah, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. And oh, did you and know he played that, Hitler? Did did yeah, he played Hitler. Did you know that he voices like the funny character Korg in like uh, Thor's um, like oh. the rock guy? <laughs> no, Taika Waititi voices that character. No, I didn't um, know that, but I could see that now having so, seen him well, as you can, Hitler. You, yeah, when you hear the Hitler voice, he like when you hear him, you can kind of hear that Korg character from mm-hmm. from Thor and from Avengers. Um, but it was the it was very funny. It was much more. It was much more humorous than I realized it was going to be, and but it also but it, it straddles that line where it gets mm-hmm. serious and and it it, it tackles um, very serious subject matter and you have 
the Holocaust and hiding uh, a Jewish Jewish girl. And the, what's interesting is I there was there's definitely a backstory there. I, the movie doesn't we, we we don't necessarily need more, but Scarlett Johansson's character like they were clearly like either friends with that girl's family or something that um, that the movie hints at that I would have been in, interested to know a little bit more about. In terms of, um, I took it as Scarlett Johansson was involved in a in a um, like a back room group of activists, and that's oh, why I, she took her. Oh, I, th- I think that's definitely true. But I think they had a couple. At least there was there was at least one conversation where I think that she mentioned either either the Jewish girl mentions something about Scarlett Johansson and, and JoJo's family. Yeah, like they have mutual friends or their or, parents or friends or, or something, or that they were fr- something. I was like, these, these characters have, or at least Scarlett, not Jojo and the Jewish girl. Who yeah. I, unfortunately, I can't remember her character's name, so I just call, keep calling her the Jewish Elsa. girl. Oh, it's Elsa? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I didn't get the sense that Jojo and Elsa knew each other. I, I feel like it was actually clear that they didn't. Oh, know, yeah, it was very clear But I got didn't. the sense that Scarlett Johansson and Elsa knew each other, that it wasn't, that they mm-hmm. didn't just meet for the first time with when she When she decided, decided to take her in. That's, yeah. That was my sense. Um, I, I didn't see the death coming either. Uh and so that was that was sad. I, I didn't see that coming. I thought Scarlett Johansson's performance here smaller, but way better than Marriage Story. I think she she was um, nominated for best supporting. You said for this role and best right. and best, best actress for the other role. Right. But this was the this was the better role. I think she had a funny like uh, w- 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 wittiness to her character and just her interaction with JoJo and. Um, she was she was a good mom, and it was funny the way that she wouldn't just outright dismiss JoJo's like um, yeah. his 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 Nazi pride that he had, but she she tried to steer him other directions. She was subtly and, teaching and him. It yeah. was, I can her, only hope to be that way as a parent. To, it was you know. an it was an excellent, and so I don't. I also agree with all of us you had. So that's 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 all I had though, and I don't have any thoughts about too many thoughts about the cinematography because we watched it. This is the movie that we, we watched this in our bedroom on our smallest screen in the house. So right. not, still not too small, but we're, we're in bed. It's a little ways away from us. And it's like, I think a 40 inch screen. Mm-hmm. So, um, on not on 4k, just a regular 1080 p So I don't have any thoughts about, um, about the cinematography. Uh, it was, um, good. It was, it was, it, it, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I got to say, none of these movies, um, my thoughts are, um, oh, that the music was awesome. Like this, this, this year could have used some better, some more standout, some standout, um, like, like I don't, I, I didn't buy the scores or, um, want to continue to listen to the scores, um, from any of these movies actually. So did you want to talk about Parasite next? Oh, um, by the way, the original score winner was Joker. Oh, Okay. That one, I don't remember if I mentioned it, like how much I talked about the music during that episode. The music was good, but it, I actually really enjoyed that. And I remember thinking during the movie that it was it was really um, well done and fitted the movie, but it wasn't quite the style of music that I would want to listen to on its own. But it was it it was it was a good score. I don't know if you remember the the, the score for that movie or not. Not it doesn't stand out in my head, but that doesn't mean it was bad. I mean that's the thing a score should support. 
at a minimum. It, it you don't want it to tra- to detract. It should support. If it stands out, but, you, you know, you don't want it to stand out too much either. But it's, at a minimum is 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 the key there because I think at, yes, of uh, to be a good score, you have to you have to serve the story at a minimum. I think the the great scores elevate and. Um, oh, absolutely! And can be listened to and enjoyed quite a bit on their own. I mean, we, we just downloaded a score yesterday. True, We've, we yeah. got the, <laughs> the s- s- seven worlds or seven, seven world, continents, seven worlds, one seven worlds, one planet, one planet. Yeah. Um, and I listen to a lot of scores, um, but none of the best pictures from this year really, really stood out um, in terms well, of music. That should tell you they weren't all nominated. What else was for, nominated? They weren't all nominated for best score. So what else um, was nominated for best? Score? Rise of Sky- Skywalker. I, I I bought that. It was that it was a mediocre Star Wars score though. It, I mean I mean mediocre a mediocre John Williams score is pretty good, but so um Joker, which was the winner, Little Women, Marriage Story, which was Randy Newman actually. I didn't know that. Um nineteen seventeen and Star Wars. The, I do have one note about so um I do have one note about um nineteen seventeen about the music. And I'll get to that. So there was at least one moment in one of the films that I thought, oh, this is like some really good some really good music. Um so but let's move on to Parasite. All right. What are your thoughts on Parasite? I didn't know what Parasite was about going into this. I only knew that it was a subtitled movie, that it was a foreign film, that it was the first foreign film to ever win the Oscars. Oh which... actually I'm gonna jump in for a second real because um I I wrote that it was, it's crazy that it won for Best Picture because there was only in the history of um, mm-hmm. the Academy Awards, there's only been eleven foreign films nominated. Yeah, and this is this is one this of them. One so of them. one of eleven, and so it, it wins. But like in the history, I mean, there's like if you take every year, like at least yeah, five films for like how however many years, and now they do like it's eight, a lot of films. Like it's like hundreds of films, and so to only have eleven be foreign yeah. films is interesting. And I, I will but say, to be, to be fair, there is a foreign film category, right? Next to Jojo Rabbit, this film was really, really good. Um, I I think this film and Jojo Rabbit were were definitely the top for me, which we'll talk about nineteen seventeen as well. I I really like that this was a very original story, or at least to me, it came across across as original. I don't know any South Korean film, so I don't know if there's anything similar to it in in other films, but to me, it was very original, um, and. On the surface, the lead family, they seemed like good people that were just in this crappy, terrible situation. And so I found myself empathizing with the the lead family, the the son and then the daughter who gets the job and they're they're kind of hoodwinking this um, slightly gullible, uh, richer family. And then as the mother and the father then also get looped into this scheme, I started to have mixed feelings about them. And... Once they get caught and all this stuff goes down with the the woman, the the former woman, when they get her fired and their whole scheme with the peaches, and then you find out her husband's in the in the cellar. At that point, I was all of a sudden empathizing with the homeowners, and I was like, "Oh my God, they're being duped. These people really are just terrible, bad people." And but I was I was enthralled. I wanted to know what happened next. I was. I don't want to say on the edge of my seat because I think that's a little bit of an, an exaggeration, but I was captivated. I wanted to see this through to the end because I just I had to know what happened to these people who are doing this terrible thing and this this um, 
affluent couple or affluent family that I'm like, you really shouldn't be that naive. You know, some of this is shame on you for maybe not checking references of the people that you're, you're bringing in. Like, you know, I was very, very conflicted. And then by the end of it, when the, the rich guy is going on and on about how smelly his driver is, and then the attack happens at that point, I was like, man, these are both not the best people, but I was still more on the side of the homeowners than on the side of the quote-unquote parasites because I was like, they really were just, they crossed a line and went way too far. And no matter how disrespected the father felt, he shouldn't have stabbed the other guy. Like he Ultimately, a lot of crap went down. I, I liked this movie a lot. I thought it was well shot. I thought it was well executed. Uh, I thought it was very interesting the way it was filmed and just the the interaction between all the characters and how they talk to each other and I I really really enjoyed this film but I think I liked Jojo Rabbit better although I'm I'm happy that Parasite won best picture like I I I wouldn't take it away from it like I think it it's it's deserving of its win so I enjoyed the movie. I don't think it's best picture. I want to save that until um, after we finish talking okay. about Nation Seventeen to talk about like what I think is probably the best, or what, if there was only five films nominated, like what I right, would nominate. Right. But the movie, the, the Parasite, was uh, really well done. It's the first foreign film that uh, I've watched in a long time. I mm-hmm. would be hard pressed. I'd have to really think about what was the last um, a completely dubbed movie that I had to, that I watched that was a completely non-English movie. Um, and yeah. I can't, I can't think of anything. Um, so it's been a while. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't empathize really with either side. I, I was along for the ride, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really, um, empathizing with the, with the, the quote unquote parasite family, but, the 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 rich family I wasn't either really I was just along I was just along for the ride yeah and I didn't know I knew a little bit more about the movie than you I knew it was about um like class structure somehow but that's yeah. all I knew I knew it was a, I think about a rich family and a poor family that's well, that's the extent of what I knew and and that's evident if you just read the two sentence synopsis about it which I didn't do oh, oh so that that's well, given away in in the summary of it I didn't read the synopsis either I I just think I just heard that somewhere mm-hmm. or something um. But I had no idea where the fam- where where the movie was going to go, and it it gets crazy. I mean, it's it's a really interesting. It's kind of like a Ocean's Eleven style movie. We, I think you even mm-hmm. mentioned that for like the first quarter of the movie or so. Yeah. While they're setting up the, the while, while they're trying they're, to get their, their all their family members, and, the um, and, and then and then it takes a turn. And you wonder and it's where like it's going to go. The, <laughs> the, the family's going out to go camping, and so they're. Um, the parasite family is over and still, and you don't know where it's going. And then it goes, and then it goes like, couldn't have predicted where it went with <laughs> it goes the, dark. the previous housekeeper's husband, um, at and, the, you know, being, in the, like, being in the bomb shelter, shelter, yeah. shelter that, and it, it just goes into uh crazy territory. And, it, but it was, it was, it was exciting to not know where it was going. And it was, um, it was it was it was really well done, but I don't think I would put it at best picture. Um, oh, the other note I had is it's um, the end gets a little confusing in terms of like what is real and like what is part of the main the main like the main um, teenage boy's perspective. Like, um, I think it's safe to say like that he his him telling the story, him reading like um, through Morse code. Um, I think the movie is 
saying that his that the dad did hide in the mm-hmm. in, in the shelter. Yeah. But I, I question that because I mean it, it's not sure because it also leads you down this path of like oh he actually like this heartwarming like at the end like oh yeah and he buys that house and his dad comes out and then you find out that that actually didn't happen right so then it makes me question like well was his dad even in the bomb shelter at all oh that but, part i didn't question that part i thought but was if he real. was in that bomb shelter you and i talked about this uh briefly after the movie that it's kind of shitty for him it's it's to stay in there and it's almost worse than going to prison like you're putting yourself in self-isolation yeah you can't and, you can't work, and, talk to anyone see anyone it's just yeah. It's it's almost worse than going to prison. And what's the end not that game we there? know what prisons like in South Korea? Maybe the alternative is true. Death. That's I mean, the thing. The alternative may very true. well be death. If for him. the alternative is life in jail, then then I, I yeah, don't. Yeah, why this, would you even do? I don't that know if this self isolation is any better. If it's death, then yes, of course it's better. Um, the, but the only thing is, is we don't know what the end. Like I question, like what is the the father's end game there? Like because what happens at the end of the film is the lead character's like hopes and dreams of what he can maybe someday do mm-hmm. like buy the house like because um at first you think that it is what's happening and so i was like oh well that's kind of crazy yeah yeah like, and that, i was like how in the hell did that happen like but, that is what a coincidence but and, it how didn't. Did, and how do you turn his life around because this is a super poor family right and then how did he you know what did he do in his life to buy this house and he realized okay he that's didn't. not what happened yeah. so what is the father's end game is he, he, he just staying down there i mean these are questions that you think about and they come up in like the last 10 minutes of the movie overall the movie is really really well done um sort of a, sort of a i thriller with the category of the movie yeah, would be thriller I would. Is that what you, yeah that's yeah what, i would i i so i I, th- I thought it was um a good movie so the last one on the list uh is that we're going to talk about is 1917 which it's funny in my notes are what ni- 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 1921 <laughs> so what do you have for thoughts of 1917 i really enjoyed 1917 i didn't know what to expect i knew it was a world war one movie and that was that was really all I knew about it. And I knew the one singular character was on the cover, like the main poster. But otherwise, I, I didn't really know what it was about. I had seen the trailer just because I think it played before um other movie or two that we saw in the theater. So I know I had seen the trailer a couple of times. And I knew it was something vaguely about a man's journey, like to deliver a message or something like that. But I really liked it. Uh, I liked the the one shot aspect of it and the the perspective that it gave. I found myself um, enjoying that much more than when I think back to like Birdman, where it was revolutionary. And now I've seen that technique, you know, other times before. But I, I don't think I've I forgot about Birdman doing that. Um, and then where else have we seen it? I was just thinking because like I was gonna in my notes. I even, I think I wrote like this is the first time I've seen a full length movie. But you reminded me Birdman. Which um, I wasn't crazy about. I've that seen movie. it for just like really super long shots, not necessarily whole okay. whole things. Like Marvel used it in Daredevil for like their long sequence down the long oh, fighting true, sequence but it's down just the hallway. Like one sequence, though. Yeah, so I've I've seen like like other other films or TV that have used that for long scenes, but mm-hmm. not for entire movies. But I I think it was really well done in this. I didn't particularly care for Birdman. Or the the one shot, like the way it was shot with one one take in Birdman, but with this, I thought it, it lended itself to the story more, just because we were we were constantly following the one character, basically from his perspective, either just over his shoulder or in front of him where he's walking towards us, and I really really liked that. I thought it was it made the movie interesting for a story that much of it is is a man walking, mm-hmm. but 
I think the characters were the best part because they they introdu- introduced us to the characters. They gave us this mission of go from here to there. And that could be something that people don't care about. But I cared about it because I, I wanted to get to that boy's brother and deliver the message and make sure all these men didn't didn't you know go on to their death and that sort of thing and I was um you know with him all along the way I liked the pacing I think that there was a good mix of action scenes with non-action scenes like sometimes war movies can just be explosions and guns and explosions and guns and that's like the whole movie and the whole thing is just really super amped up Mm -hmm. but I think this movie had a good balance of oh my god there's a plane crashing at me now we're mourning the death and now we're on a truck with a little bit of not so much comedy but it's a little lighter and now we're going heavier like I I think it had a really good balance of action and shooting versus non-action and that that was well distributed and paced from beginning to end of the movie so I didn't feel like it was constant war 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 or constant kind of slow churn Mm -hmm. and I think that kept me pulled along and interested because it's it's a longer movie too um but i i you know i enjoyed it i I liked i wanted to see what happened next i wanted to see how he got himself out of this this next bind how does he get out of the river how does he get to where he's going and and i really like that um it it ended well you know it 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 had him getting to his journey and it tied everything up and kind of all my loose loose ended questions and overall it's just it was a good story yeah so um Getting to my thoughts, I didn't know anything about this movie. I never even saw a trailer for it. I think there was a movie that we saw, but we've had this trend of, like, we kind of know it takes about 12 minutes to get to the movie theater by us mm-hmm. uh, when it's open. Um, and so I've been pushing it and pushing it. Like, I, like, cut it super close for movies these days, um, which I shouldn't. I mean, there's no, usually no reason why. <laughs> um, I, I just don't leave the house until, like... And, and often we go by ourselves um, because we'll go... Now that we have kids, we a lot of our movies, we will go separately, you and I. And so I see a lot of movies by myself now. And so getting to the theater by myself, um, I... Well, you watch a lot of trailers just and at home. What's funny is it used to be, it, the internet's done that, because it used to be where the trailers were essential viewing experience. I mean, there's like, I can relate to Woody Allen in, I think, uh, was it, is it Annie Hall? or is it Manhattan? I think it's Annie Hall when he's standing in line at the movie theater and they're like a couple minutes late and the trailers are going is he, he won't go in because he, he missed the trailers. And so that used to be how it is, but it's def- it's not that yeah. way any- for me anymore. So I didn't know anything about this movie except it was World War One, which I wasn't like um, crazy about. I, I already mentioned that earlier. World War One stories. Uh, w- war movies that are pretty much prior to Vietnam – I don't so uh, Korean War, pretty much anything prior to Vietnam. I just am not interested just inherently. So the, mm-hmm. it's got to be a really compelling story, or somehow I somebody else wants to watch the movie, and so then I watch it too, and so then I enjoy them sometimes. Uh, but knowing this is a World War One movie, I just wasn't feeling it. But again, this movie, uh, this was a movie this, that you wanted. This to watch. This would have completed the list except Little Women. Yeah, you wanted to watch this movie, and so. I agree. Yep. The only thing I knew about it, I said World War One, and that it was the single shot, uh, mm-hmm. um, sort of not gimmick like format, but format. Um, and I had forgotten about Birdman completely. So good for you to have had that memory because I, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but like what three, four years ago. And that movie, 
wasn't great. I mean, my, Michael Keaton's performance was pretty good, and I like I like Michael Keaton whenever I pretty much like like him in, in everything I see him. You in. watched Multiplicity. I did. I watched earlier Multipl- today. <laughs> I watched Multiplicity. The and you get three Michael Keatons the, in that one. The, four, four. <laughs> oh, that's right. The, the Harold Ramis gem from like '96. That movie is so nice. <laughs> The DVD we have is a bad, like it's a four three pan and scan. You had, I like, I didn't even realize we had any any DVDs that were four three that were pan and scan, and that because like that's just a, that convention is just you just associate with VHS movies, like mm-hmm. at least I do like VHS like pan and scan, and so oh so off the bird uh, Birdman tangent. I thought that 1917 was technically awesome. I yep. thought, and it won a bunch of technical awards by the way for sound was, editing and and other things so. it was um and and i actually am going to walk back my statement about the music because the music in this movie was better i think this movie the music in this movie was better than the rest um there was one scene in particular that i wanted to point out the music that, that um it's dawn and he's had just gotten to this um city after he had gotten hurt and was unconscious for a few hours mm-hmm. and just he's getting, like on he's, the stairs on the coming like, out, yeah. and there's, there's this whole scene to take, that takes place during dawn and there the music there is is particularly good and so i want to so the um 1917 had decent music so i actually want to walk back what i said um about the music uh, maybe I'll even buy this score. I'm not sure, but I didn't know this was a movie about primarily about the one character. I, I and I forget his name. Um, and so the movie opens with these two characters getting sent on a on a mission, and the one character that dies, his name is Blake. So it's last funny, name. I know. Yeah, the last name is Blake. I don't know the fr- last name of the quote unquote main character, but I didn't see that character dying. So about um, about. Maybe a third of the way in. Yeah, about a third. Maybe, yeah, about a third probably. That character dies. And that was surprising to me because I just didn't see that coming. I thought these two characters would be on their journey together. In that scene, so the whole one-shot convention is you can sort of see the seam sometimes. And so it's hard to, like, when when you know that that convention's going on, sometimes you're, like, looking, like, oh, when did they cut? Like, sometimes you can see, like, oh, they pan behind a rock. Like, that's mm-hmm. when it is. Or, like, when they're going down... And like at least at the beginning, they go out in, into some rooms to talk to the the general who sends them on the mission. So some other, some other t- when they go down into a dark area, you, like the there's a you know at least a few frames of darkness where it's like oh well that's probably where they cut. But this scene when um, a plane comes and uh, crashes through the crashes barn. and a German gets out and um, they have and one character gets stabbed and the Blake uh, Corporal Blake and and he dies and I was. Um, really wondering how they did that. Well, I would like to see a making of of mm-hmm. this movie just in general because I don't know how you do this one shot convention because like clearly there's places where they make cuts, but those are like probably under five or six that I can name in the movie that were like the obvious places where they would have yeah. cut. But you know that they're like cutting throughout the like movie, and so this scene, his character is dying and he's like losing tons of blood, and and that means the camera is just constantly moving because the characters are moving. So you have yeah. to move the camera oh. constantly with the character, and then yes. you have to start off where you left off. You but have in, to start and end in the same place. But in, it's, technically, that's very challenging. Oh, it is, and it won best cinematography, by the way. Not yeah, best sound, Roger Deakins. Not best sound editing. That was actually Ford v Ferrari. Roger Deakins is a, a cinematographer whose like name has wasn't on my radar, but it's on my radar now because he's done. Um, I just recently rewatched because um, I saw it in the theater, but I got the um, movie at home is. Um, 
is Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and that mm-hmm. movie is go- that movie is like one of the best looking movies that I can think of ever. And like, um, so I, I really took notice of Roger Deakins' name, the cinematographer of that movie. So I was on IMDb, um, and saw that, and I now I'm like blanking on other movies that he has done, but but he's he I think he works a lot with um Denny Villeneuve who did twenty forty nine Blade Runner and so he did this movie and so I was a little bit more intrigued. This was back even before the coronavirus stuff was going on because I think I was looking this up at work <laughs> um when I had some time. But I saw that Roger Deakins did nineteen seventeen. You slacker at work, by the way. <laughs> um so yeah, the movie looks looks excellent. But I want to get back to that scene when he the corpor- He did Skyfall, okay. the Shawshank Redemption, Sicario. Yeah, no country for old men. Denny Villeneuve, Fargo, Sicar- uh, Sicario. True Grit. I mean, he's been in a lot of things. Brother, a lot of war stuff. Brother, where art? Brother, where art thou? Um, but he and he won for best cinematography for twenty forty nine. So this this is a cinematographer to watch. Uh, to like he like and he's been around for a very long time. I think there's very the few people who like when I like hear their name, I'm gonna be like you know uh, when it comes to like the cinematographer. Um, well, he did the village. But a beautiful I mind keep getting like, so sidetracked much. here. But that that scene when Corporal Blake is bleeding out amazed me. Be for because when he's he starts off, you know, full full flush color, and then at the end of that scene, some other oh, he some, was so pale. He yeah. was so pale, and I don't know how they did, like. I don't know how they did that. I mean, it had to. I mean, nowadays Effects. nowadays you can do like color grading and things, and you know. It had to you, have been in post. Yeah, I, I think you're, I, I definitely think you're right, but that was, um, you know, it made me think like, you know, how did they do that? And, and nowadays with computers, it's a, you know, it's sort of a bummer. I mean, you can do so many things with computers, but the obvious answer is always like, if the if the question is how did they do that, is probably well they used a computer, like they did color grading. But in that scene, he starts off as a, his color is great, and then at the end, he's being carried off, and he's completely pale in the matter of a couple of minutes, and we watch this character bleed out. Um, yeah, I took notice of that too. Um, so this one was also nominated for uh, production design and sound editing. Nominated, not one. Um, sound mixing. Oh, it won for sound mixing, and it it uh, won for visual effects actually. So that, that's all I have. I could go on more about the story, and it was it's a very simple. I think one of the reasons why I liked it as a even though I'm not a World War One person. Is that it's a simple story. It it's, is, yeah. It's, it's get from A to B. It doesn't sort of matter like what time frame we're in. We're like just following these characters. Mm-hmm. And it's you don't just, need it's just to know a- about war strategy. You don't need to know about why the war started or how it ends or any oh. of that. It's just get from point. Deliver this message so people don't die. I do want to uh, call out again uh, one like I mean the whole movie is a pretty amazing like single shot. I mean to appear that way, but the scene when he's running like when they're like the wave one is going, mm-hmm. um, over and people the bunker, are running into him. And he's running perpendicular. Oh, yeah. He's running perpendicular. It's nuts. That entire scene is amazing. Yeah. That, that and he's falling down and he's getting like getting knocked over. Yeah. I, people are just running into him. Like the physicality of that part of the scene. That scene was gorgeous. The um, way it was shot, I don't think you can cut that. I, I like. I think you'd actually have to do just one really really long take. That's why I because would, it was a it was like a wide shot. Yeah, I would love to see a making of on just that scene, but the movie in particular. So that's all I have for for thoughts, though. Um, so let's circle back. Once upon a time in Hollywood and Joker, we both we we have copious notes on those. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to touch on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because Brad Pitt actually won for his role as Best Supporting Actor in that, 
And I thought that was interesting because I, I really, really liked his character. I remember spending quite a bit of time talking about it. But I also think that his character is not really all that different from like an Ocean's Eleven character. He kind of plays the quiet um, guy who's there for you, the the sidekick, so to speak. And so I, I just thought that was interesting that uh, Brad Pitt won for Best Supporting Actor. So the only note that I have, I have uh, uh, overall thoughts um, for this episode, and I, I'm not really going to talk about Joker or um, Once Upon a Time. I don't really have any additional thoughts from what I had in the mm-hmm. previous, except for I, I. It's been a few months. We we have some some time since we've seen those movies. Like I mean, it's been Once Upon a Time has like yeah. been a while. Like I think and, it came and, out in what August or like July. It's I, been a while. Yeah. Well, it couldn't have been that long because we started we. The, well, whatever. It was like you know third quarter last year, mm-hmm. um, and. It 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 doesn't have staying power for me. Unlike some um um some Tarantino movies, right. some are better than others. And like um, I don't plan to rewatch Django it. and Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. and um the Kill Bill movie, Kill Bill movies and you mm-hmm. know Reservoir Dogs. Like he, I feel like this movie is in the bottom. If I were to rank them, which maybe we, we did, maybe we did, and I can't remember. And, <laughs> we and did. maybe I'll contradict myself here. I don't remember what I said during that. Oh, up. you had it in the bottom then too. That's not. But changing. I have it. But I it, think um I think Jackie Brown was your bottom. Bottom? Yeah, that would be my bottom bottom. Um, but once upon a time in Hollywood just does not have the staying power. I don't have a desire to rewatch it. Um, I don't know that in my mind it even belonged in the best picture category. Like it was, it well, was good, but I, don't, I mean, I, don't I guess know. if if you're going to have more than more than five, more than five, like if you're gonna have ten, like if you're, if you're gonna have up to ten, I don't know what else I would have. That would be that's a whole separate. Like I have to yeah. think more about that. Yeah, I do too. Because um, there's lots of things that we haven't seen. So. So the so the what, the questions that I have for you, oh you keep going well and and I guess just within the Oscar context I've spent a lot of time tonight talking about the way that movies make me feel and that the more emotion I have or the more you know I I tend to link that to better to good movies not mm-hmm. movies like Marley and Me that just make you cry because the dogs die or whatever but I'm saying like true true like um connections with the movie where it's making you think or it's making you have a perspective that's a that's, a, that's you just that that's probably a topic for a separate episode i think is the marlin me it just made me think about because i want to we could probably talk for a whole episode about movies that are defined by like one moment in the movie and it, you know marlin me the the and i always rail against that where i push back i'm like well, the movie it's it's there's a whole narrative to it and and, it's, and and well yes B- and the only the only reason that that especially marley and me the only reason that 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 point in the movie resonates with anyone is because everything that happened before to make you care but there's people so. who will say like oh i don't want to see marley and me or because or i or or i've had conversations with your mom like i don't want to watch bambi the the, the you know the mother dies but yeah like, that's, that's not like, the point of the that's movie, like one yeah. moment and it would just be interesting well to, like, yeah i mean you could say the same about the lion king no i actually don't think that um that people don't say that about the. Lion I don't think King people say it. that. Do you have you heard? Like I don't feel like I've Not heard so criticism much, throughout no. my life of like people saying like I can't watch Lion King, Mufasa dies. No. but you do hear people say like you do I can't watch Bambi, the mother dies. Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So that in would that be context. interesting to talk about. But okay, get, keep going. getting back to the Joker, um, I, I think that's a movie that it the tone, the plot, the cinematography, everything about it was excellent. The the score, like you said, was very good. Joaquin Phoenix won as uh, for his portrayal of the Joker. And I, overall, I just the film was excellent. And when I think back about that film and compare it to to the rest, I think it was very very well done. It it's uh when you can walk away from the film and 
you could say, man, this shot was good and that shot was good. And, and then you start to get into this hour long discussion about your interpretation and my interpretation. I mean, those to me are the strappings of a good film. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the Joker was a very good film, not the Joker. Sorry. It's just Joker. And you know, it, I mean, it, yes, it's, it is based on a comic book character, but it's so much more to me than that. I, I think it really transcends that aspect now comic books in and of themselves can be very deep and very very good stories and we've talked about that but they're still considered to be kind of lowbrow um i'm hoping that this can show more than the marvel movies have shown and more than that success that even characters from the pages of comic books have depth well so I, i i wasn't going to talk about i'll talk briefly about well i have other thoughts about joker that in a moment uh but um I really like Joker. I, I don't. My hope is that people like the comic book industry, industry doesn't take Joker and try to build on that. I think connecting it, being connected to the comic book world, is I think the weakest aspect of it. If this yeah. was about our this character Arthur Fleck and it had nothing to and do his with the Waynes, yeah, his, and, his psychological and journey, the way yeah. like the, the associations of the movie with the clown, I think are strong. Like I, in my mind, this is it's not a comic book movie. Yeah, and, you can just cut out the I like last. That the last scene or two that like, and, and some of the Bruce Wayne but, stuff and it'd be a stronger film. I agree. So I want to hear from you. I have, I have three questions. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what is your least favorite of the movies that were nominated for an Oscar? Mm-hmm. If you were to make a list of five, what would be in your five? Mm-hmm. And then which one is your best picture? So go in that order. Well, I, I just don't want to know who's in your five or I, do, okay. I don't want to know who you think is the favorite before you say your five. But. Okay. So I think my least favorite is the Irishman. Yeah. My least favorite's the Irishman. Um, what was the next question? What five would you, would if you were to make uh, a list of five, if I were to make like a, the, the traditional best picture list. Yeah. Traditional best picture list. I would have Joker, Jojo Rabbit, Parasite, 1917, and this is where it gets to be a little tougher. Probably Ford v. Ferrari, I think, would be my my choice there. It's it's tough. The, the last slot is either Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Ford v. Ferrari. I mean, it's been so long since I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so it's it's hard for me to, to pick between those two. And then um, I would have Jojo Rabbit win. Best okay. picture. How about yeah. you? So very similar list. I Irishman, I would put it the bottom um and then my list of five would be um 1917 jojo rabbit um uh joker parasite and then i probably would put once by time in hollywood but again that's saying that like i'd I'd have to go back and remember everything we saw last year and Mm -hmm. what i would and what we didn't see that i think might be really good to consider but i had to see it before i put it on the list um but uh, so I would put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as the fifth, just because I think it's more. Although this is where like it's sort of like I'm I'm playing in my head the like Oscar game because I'm like, 
Ford v Ferrari, like once upon a time in Hollywood, is more of a of an Oscar movie than Ford v Ferrari. Mm-hmm. But I think I enjoyed Ford v Ferrari more. Yeah, but that, think, and that's the internal struggle I, I was think, having too. I think once upon a time in Hollywood, even though it doesn't have the staying power as I mentioned, I think it's the more artistic. Like, it is. I think of, so too. Like I think it's more of an Oscar. Yeah. Best picture worthy movie. Leonardo DiCaprio is great in it. So is so is uh, he was nominated for for his part as well. But Brad Pitt won. And then I would um, put Joker for sure. Like it, um, But I would put Jojo Rabbit as a close second. Mm-hmm. But um, Joker Joker um, is my, my best picture. And I was blown away. Like, I wasn't, like, and, you know, um, so this will be my final thought on the episode and Joker in general. But we already have a whole, a whole episode. But I remember I wasn't intrigued by joker at all at, by the mm-hmm. trailers or anything it was because of the buzz it was getting and the type of buzz and the type of conversations that were yeah the movie was um you know spurring that i decided to go see it and i was just blown away by todd phillips i for, i forgot his name earlier in the episode i think i was like who directed joker todd phillips the same person who did all the hangover movies and um mm-hmm. but that the movie was way better like i couldn't like if you would have said like picture the best movie that you yeah. can, you wouldn't have about pictured the Joker, that. Right. The movie is still better than I could have like imagined a movie about Joker would would be. And Jojo Rabbit, um, if, and I would say 1917 would be a third. But if if any of those three would have won, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been disappointed. Um, I don't think Parasite is better than any of those three at all. Um, I could see you know of my of my five, I think Parasite's would probably be fourth and then once mm-hmm. by the time Hollywood fifth. Parasite gets a lot of credit list. from me for originality. It really does. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, I mean, once by time in Hollywood is pretty original. I, I think it has, um, I mean, it has certain Tarantino isms that like, right. Used, right. This was more original in terms of like, we're, we're not even that familiar with this director. I think yeah. I've seen, I forget the name of the movie now, but he did a, a movie, um, shoot. There was like a, a big and and they did an, an American remake just a few years later of um, shoot what was it I don't remember but I think I've seen another film by this by this Boon or by, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the the Korean name oh it's, okay I think it's B O O I don't know I'm not gonna try to pronounce it but it was it's pretty original in terms of like I'm not even super I'm not super familiar with that as much as I'm familiar with Tarantinoisms and so right it it felt more original I'll say. Um, but and I think that Unju Ho and and 1917 I think you know is a t- technical marvel. Jojo Rabbit is just a great story and um, great pro- great performances. I think Jojo Rabbit has the Snowpiercer. That's the one you're thinking of. It's not. Oh, actually. It's not. So I don't think the director who directed um, I can't think of it um, at the moment. We'll we'll talk about it offline. But um, Jojo Rabbit probably had the best performances. Joker, I think, had one amazing performance by Joaquin Phoenix, and yeah. there was other people in the movie. But it's it's Joaquin Phoenix that makes that movie. Jojo Rabbit has multiple um, great performances, so I, I think that movie is a it's a close second. I, I think so. Um, that's all. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens with with movies this year. If we'll because all the movies are being pushed to next year. So well, all the big ones. I'm I'm guessing that some of the more artistic or non um films that are that are not big blockbusters i mean they're still going to be they're still finished so films will still come out through digital 
media, you know, like we're getting through Netflix and Hulu. And I think, uh, I think media outlets are, are figuring out ways to do film festivals, festivals, um, through an online nature. I think Ann Arbor's mm-hmm. doing, hosting some of their film festival online. And so I, I, you know, movies will still be out there and they'll still make it. It's the blockbusters that are really the ones that get the people in the seats and paying for the tickets it's in not, particular. Well, that's, that, in general, yes, but like there's a lot of movies like that are being pushed and the movies that they don't think are the blockbusters are just getting going video on, on demand. And right. So, but Oscar season is usually like October through January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll you see know, what so that brings. That the theaters will be open by then, or I have to imagine they they for sure will be. And so maybe this won't affect Oscar season at all, um, because none of that you know you never you never know. But maybe it won't. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see or maybe year. something will bubble to the top that wouldn't have otherwise had a chance. We'll, we'll see. So we'll see. All right, everybody, stay geeky.